0: Flip to Freedom, episode number 39. Hello again, this is Sean Terry from the Flip to Freedom podcast and we are on episode 39. Now if you're brand new listening for the very first time, I am here to help you escape the nine to five and live the lifestyle of your dreams by learning how you can make an absolute fortune flipping properties in your spare time. Even if you're brand new, you have no idea about real estate, you've never never bought or sold a house before, you have no cash, no credit. I don't care the excuse. You can get started flipping properties in your spare time. And I can tell you, we have a ton of new subscribers, people listening to this podcast. And I'd like to let you let you know, I really appreciate uh, all the feedback and uh, all the comments and and uh, and ratings and everything like that in iTunes. I greatly appreciate it. Um, now, if you're like I said, if you're brand new listening and you have no idea and you don't even know what flipping properties is, it's basically very simple. It's where you find a motivated seller um, and that motivated seller can come from probate, it could come from absentee investor, it could come from inheritance, it could come from code violation, it could come from vacant houses, whatever the case may be. That could be a motivated seller and we contact and talk to that motivated seller through the methods that I teach get that property under contract for let's say $50,000, let's say the property is worth a hundred, we just sign a contract, the simple contract with the seller and then we turn around and market that contract to a cash buyer um, for a higher price, let's call it $60,000 and in turn what we do is now we bring both contracts to a title company. We instruct them to do what's called a double escrow or a simultaneous close, or, or even a simple assignment will work. Um, and what happens is the cash buyer will bring in the sixty thousand, of which ten thousand goes to you, and the balance goes to the seller. The fifty thousand goes to the seller, so everyone's happy. This motivated seller's happy; they get fifty thousand dollars cash. They don't have to worry about showing the property. They don't have to worry about a listing agent. They don't have to worry about um, you know fixing anything up and appraisals and everything like that. They get their fifty thousand and they're happy. You're happy. You make 10000 in between and the buyer is happy because they get a below-market property, a $100,000 property for $60,000. This is done all over the country. It's done all the time and in this particular podcast, we are going to talk about case studies because you know I've been working with people all across the entire country. There's been such a high demand after I launched this podcast. Um, you know, to work with people, and I and I open up the Flip to Freedom Academy, which is a premier coaching program that basically hold people's hands and walk people through the entire process of exactly how to do this, and go out and get their first check as fast as humanly possible. And uh, I work with, uh, like I said, people from Hawaii to New Jersey to. Uh, Portland to uh, Albuquerque to uh, where else? Utah, all, all over the place. It's been, it's just been a blast. Now I can tell you this: is that when working and talking to these people, it seems like the biggest thing that people need, the biggest thing, is someone to lean on about a specific when a deal comes in. You know, because uh, think about it. You're going to be marketing for motivated sellers. Calls are going to be coming in, but the question becomes: How do you strategically work with that particular lead that comes in to turn that lead into a deal? Is there a profit there? How do you analyze it to determine what the after repair value is? You know, could you structure it correctly if there's a loan in place? Can you negotiate it better with the uh, with the motivated seller to get them to potentially take less cash? Is it a sellable profit? Property to a cash buyer? Those are all massive questions that, <laughs> that people get that they're afraid of because guess what? The whole, guess what? Anybody can build a cash buyer's list. It's very easy and simple to do. If you re- listen to my past and previous episodes, um, I, I explain in detail how to go out and do that. Actually, if you want to listen to episode number 22 through 26, I go through specifically in detail how to do this business. But um, but you know cash buyers you can get cash buyers easy they're they're all over the place um, marketing for motivated sellers that's easy if you just understand it's a numbers game and the more marketing you put out there you'll get motivated sellers sellers to call you so that's easy anybody can do that the hard part becomes when the calls come in what do you do with those calls what do you say how do you negotiate you know how do you structure the deal correctly um, you know how do you know you can sell it how do you know you can negotiate for a price you can sell it and I think uh, you know now that I'm I'm, you know really you know really dealing with people all across the country and stuff I think that is like the the biggest thing so what I'm going to do in this particular episode is is talk about three different case studies and I want to talk about the case studies for the purpose of so you could listening to this get an idea of how basically how to structure a deal and how on and these are three different type of scenario type of deals um, and they came in from three different leads store in different different ways they were set up. Um, but basically the first one is a cash deal that came off a probate lead I'm going tell you where you know how we got the lead, how the thing came in, um, how we structured it, how we negotiated what we did pretty much tell you the exact everything about this deal the numbers and everything. The next one was uh, an agreement for sale uh, that came in off internet, internet marketing uh, that we do. And the next one after that, the third one, was uh, another internet marketing but a, a different deal, um, the way we structured it because of the person actually selling it. So that's what we're going to talk about. Also we're going to talk about excuses, right, and what excuses are holding you back from success. You know, and I've got a great little clip I want you to listen to about excuses, because you know what? Uh, excuses, you know, are, you know, a big roadblock, you know, and if we can recognize the excuses that, that we have and we can get past those excuses, then guess what? Success can be uh, right around the corner. All right. So now, if you'd like to uh, get my free 129 page comprehensive detailed blueprint on exactly how to quit your job in 19 weeks or less, you can go to flip2freedom.com. That's flip, the number two. Okay, so the number two. I get, it's funny because I get, tons of searches and I, I have Google Analytics set up and uh, so I see all the search terms that come in for people that are searching in the Google but I see it it's they're, they're putting flipping to freedom and it's not flipping to freedom it's flip the number two freedomcom um, and if you type that into Google I'll you am know, rank like the obviously number one in that spot so if you if you uh, you can go there and you can get my book you can download that for free and I can tell you I've had people take Tell me that they spent well over a thousand dollars for the same information I give uh, for free. Now, um, like I said, my goal of this podcast is give away a ton of free information. So, listen, you have everything you need to go out and do what you want to do, to go out and crank out the business, to go out and make money, to go out and uh, and uh, and make you know g- build a lifestyle, the freedom, the things that you want to do. And you know, again, talking to people all across the country, people want. You know, to... Uh, you, you know, to get out of the rat race. I mean, I mean, it was funny because I was uh, I was in the uh, Flip to Freedom Academy inside the membership area last night, and there was a gentleman who uh, just got started with us uh, a couple weeks ago, and and his uh, he was telling me his horror story because he's in Arkansas of all this snow that was coming down, and what he had to do for work. He was literally had to work. I think it was like 64 hours, and uh, he worked in a utility uh, building um, for the like utilities and stuff. Whatever, and uh, he was out there, and he had to sleep on a blown-up air mattress. He had to, uh, you know, driving through snow. His truck broke down. The it guy was—it was just a mess. All this to go work for the man, making who knows, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year. Oh my gosh you know and I think about it and um, you know if you once you understand and learn this business you can literally work anywhere in the world you want you can work um, you know part-time you can do whatever you want to do but there's unlimited amount of cash you can make especially once you build your system up correctly and uh, and you understand how the marketing works and understand obviously working with people um, how to go out and build a network to have a ton of, uh, of deals coming to you at all times and it's a uh, and it's a systematic business that you can set up um, to where you can generate you know if you want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year uh, this is here for you. you can do that if you want to make a hundred thousand dollars a month then you can do that you know it just depends on uh... what type of marketing you do and what type of appetite your buyers have for properties. Now, could you do it in other states? Yeah. Could you flip properties virtually in other states? Absolutely. So that option is there too. So in this episode, we are going to eliminate excuses. You can get my book. We are going to um, talk about different case studies and, uh, and we're going to completely um, – kind of kind lift it up a little bit, so then you can have an understanding. When a lead comes in, you'll know, at least have an understanding of what to do with it. Maybe not the confidence to be able to uh, to go through it just yet, but learning this information and then going out and doing it will build your confidence for the next deal that comes along. All right, enough of that. Let's get into uh, the first deal. Now, the first deal I want to talk about is a property. In actually Scottsdale Arizona and um, it came from a probate lead from a gentleman by the name of Matt who's a tycoon member that I'm working with uh, here actually locally um, he went out and sent out yellow letters to a probate lead now if you don't know what a probate is probate is where um, a property is not in a trust um, but they, but uh, when someone actually dies, they have to go through the legal probate process um, to liquidate the assets um, and pay off any debts within the estate. Um, they're usually done, obviously, through an attorney. And, uh, and some probates have property and some don't. This particular one did. And the property was inherited by uh, a gentleman's mother. And they live in, I think it's... South Dakota, if I remember correctly, South Dakota. Um, So what happened was, is um, he contacted uh, Matt, and then obviously I'm working with Matt, and then we went over and looked at the property, and it was in pretty rough condition, I can tell you that right now. It was... uh it wasn't, you know, wasn't pretty. It was a great area um, of uh, of Scottsdale, but in a, you know, a, a rough condition, rough area. I mean, I mean, a rough, rough. The properties inside. There's cats' urine all over the place. The place was a mess. Um, so, anyways, we walked through. it, We talked to the seller, um, and they had, you know, they actually paraded a bunch of other um, people through the property, a bunch of other guys, uh, wholesalers through the property. Now, Phoenix is a pretty big market and there's a lot of wholesalers in this market, um, that, uh, that do deals. So we went in there and talked to them and, uh, made friends with them. That's the number one goal, build a rapport, built a rapport with them, talked in about his situation, talked more about him and what, you know, what his goals were and went and looked through, looked through the property, explained obviously the market, which I'm heard, he heard before from probably seven other guys, you know, and then, uh, You know, and then we happened to, you know, leave and, you know, we told them we could give them a price of $105,000 for the property. Now we left and I told Matt, I said, listen, man, we got to follow up with this guy and keep on it, you know, because uh, it's a potentially good deal. I think we can make some money on it. So what happened was, um, is time passed. I think it was like almost a month and a half passed. And what we did is we left messages with the seller. Um, and also, I had Matt write several follow-up yellow letters to the gentleman saying, "Hey, it was a pleasure to meet you. I know we went at the house. I know we offered 105, but you know 105 thousand, but you know we definitely had to talk to you further and uh, see how we could work out something. Now Matt sent several letters, to the seller, um, just as a follow-up, and I tell you, follow-up, man, I mean, I know people hate to do follow-up, and it's something that's hard to do, but man, there is money in the follow-up, um, you know, we'll get into the inter- internet marketing side of it, and how I have my follow-up system set up there, but there is money in the follow-up, if you, in your gut, you have, you um, a deal, do you think is a potential deal? Then follow up with that deal until you nail it down, believe me, because you're going to want to, uh, because that will turn into a potential uh, profit down the road. Now, so Matt followed up with them, I think a month or a month or so, or not even a month, about three weeks past or so. He finally called up and said, Hey, you know, we uh, thanks for following up, appreciate you getting the letters, and uh, and you're the, you guys are the only ones who followed up, ding ding ding. And said, hey, I uh, wondered if we could, you know, talk about the price. My mother, the one who inherited the property, really wants, you know, $130,000 for it. And I was like, man, $130,000 is a little, you know, a little steep where we wanted to be. We wanted to sell it at one hundred and thirty. dollars So I said, um, I said, well, you know, $130,000 doesn't work, but I could potentially do $120,000. Um, and he goes, well, you know, 120. So he called me back. He talked about it, and we basically agreed on 124,800. Now, the property is worth roughly about 220 to 230 thousand. Okay, worth all fixed up, completely renovated, mint. Um, and the thing is, there's not a lot of sales in this particular neighborhood, so it's very kind of difficult to uh, comp. So we actually found comparable sales back, uh, you know, a, a while back. But if I knew if I priced it, the cheapest property in there ever, then I knew we could potentially sell it. So, so uh, the cheapest one in there was like 179. The square footage was a little bigger. Um, there is, you know, properties, you know, outside a mile that were like maybe 168 you know that people tried to use for uh, comps I was like forget it petapal I got I got I got you know buyers calling me up saying you know there's comparable sales that are a hundred and sixty eight thousand dollars and and see you can't mess with me with comps I know neighborhoods inside and out I know in the at, Everything that's going on in the neighborhood, what's selling, what's active, what's for sale. So when someone calls me on a property and we're negotiating price about – and and they try to use a comparable sales as an objection, forget about it. Because literally, I annihilated the guy. I was like, you're kidding me. I said, what about this property and this property and this property? They're all in the subdivision. And he going, well, the assessed value is – and I was like, dude, assessed value? No one uses assessed value in Phoenix. I said, I'm using appraisers comps, what an appraiser would use, you know, are you sure you know what you're doing, <laughs> you know, so, you know, now, uh, you know, there, there's two ways to do it, one is... Um um, you can let him be right, you know, but uh, and then just stay firm on your price. Or two, you could just educate the guy and teach him, you know, what uh, you know how to do comparable sales in uh, in this market. But anyways, <laughs> off on a tangent. So the bottom line is this: we got the property under contract for 124.8. The comps were about 220, 230. They wanted 130 uh, for it, but we negotiated them down back down to that price with an extended close with about a you know. 35, 40-day close, I think it was. So what we did was um, is Matt went over there. We put the property on a lockbox. the first thing you want to do. If it's vacant, get it on a lockbox as fast as humanly possible uh, because you're going to be sending people, obviously, over there to look at it. Number two, right, is we got pictures, 35 to 40 Uh, Pictures of the property, um, so we could uh, post them on the site. Because what I found is, is you know, we have our website. Is what, what when someone is looking at a property, if you provide comparable sales, if you provide a, a ton of pictures, the good, bad, and the ugly, if you provide a link to like a Google Maps, and if you provide a couple big pictures in the description on the property and all the details. The square footage, the bed and bath, the how much fix-ups needed, what you believe the ARV is. All that information right there. If you provide all that information, then what will happen is is that people um, will uh, appreciate that and they'll be able to make a decision quickly. So on my particular sites, I have everything. I have the pictures, I have comps, I have you know, I have all the detailed description. I have Google Maps in there. I have everything integrated, and I have instructions on how to buy a property. I also have a download button. If you want to check it out, you can go to phoenixwholesalehomes.com. Phoenix wholesale uh, you can either Google that or check it out if you'd like. But you can kind of see, and if you want to mimic that site, go ahead. Um, but the bottom line is, is that I have a download button right there, big blue download button. If you click on that, you'll be able to open up the contract, and it gives instructions on exactly how to purchase the property, and it has my contract in, in there for uh, for, um, for the buyers to fill out. So what happens is, what I do is, you know, I market the property, I blast it out to my email list, and then I just get a contract in. You know, contract shows up or they, they typically call or text for uh, for availability and ask if it's still available and they'll go check it out. Next thing you know, I'll get a fax that comes across for the property um, for uh, for an offer on the property. Typically, it's um, at or closed or is is what I'm asking for. It We'll open up escrow. They'll deposit or wire their funds in. Um, we'll take the property either off the market or t- sometimes they just leave it, you know, on just because if people are searching, I don't like to have no properties on there that are uh, not available or not, not at least to kind of see what discount properties are when they hit the site. So now this property, we had it on there for 144. It was actually uh, higher than I um, thought the price. First off, I thought we could do it for 154. Then I started looking and they had that one property for 179 that was a little bit bigger. So I figured we had to be priced a little bit lower than that. So what we did was, is priced it at 144. Um, and then got a buyer fairly quickly on it for $138. Um, had a couple other offers that came in after that, but hey, you know what, the guy got his money in, the guy got his contract in, and we did it. So the profit on that deal, right, cash cash buyer, you know, is going to go in, fix and flip it, $13,200 on that particular big deal. Now, that's not bad. That came from marketing for a probate with a yellow letter. You know, and that's not bad. Now, Matt and I will split that deal. So that will be actually his first check. So he's excited. Um, And then we have another one actually in escrow right now we're working on in a property um, in uh, in a different part of town. But, uh, you know, that we're working on trying to get that one sold as well. So that is is a probate lead um, that came off with a yellow letter. Now, if you don't know what yellow letter marketing is, Google yellow letter marketing or yellow letter example. And you can get an idea of what that is yellow letter is by far one of the highest response rate direct mail that you can use. It's personalized to the seller and we get about 11 to 15% response rate using the yellow letter. It's something you definitely want to use if you uh, want to start doing this business. All right. Now, deal number two. All right. Deal number two came from internet marketing. Okay. Now, this deal came in Well, let's put it this way, the lead came in back in March of last year, no, no, yeah, back in March of last year. Person hit the site um, and at the time because they owed $70,500 on the deal and they wanted $10,000, this was before they actually listed it on the market. you know, we offered a, an agreement for sale, and we offered him a couple thousand dollars. I think it was two thousand or three thousand dollars, whatever it was, back way back in March, 2010. And uh, and what 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 happened was, is she said no, it didn't work. Well, I have a, uh, an autoresponder series in Aweber set up. So once a lead hits our site, they fill out the form, they automatically go into what's called the autoresponder series. And it's a one year's worth of autoresponders where every single um, either – well, first off, they get an email immediately. Then they get an email 15 days later. Then they get an email another 15 days later. So they get e- three emails in the first month. And then after that, they get an email every month after that. Um, for a total of one year, they get one year's worth of, uh, autoresponders, you know, asking them, educating them on the market, educating them on why properties don't sell and stuff like that. So this continued. Now I'm doing other stuff. I forgot about this late. I can't even remember. You know, I may, yeah, I have it in my database somewhere, but you know, I'm not calling her up. So my auto autoresponder is automatically following up with her. So she calls up and says, Hey, it's now. What January of '11, and uh, and she says, "Hey, I've had my mar- house on the market for uh, forever. We actually are purchasing another house now, uh, so we need to get out of this house. So, um, is your offer still stand?" I was like, "Okay, first off, who are you? You know, what's your address? <laughs> you know, what are you talking about?" So I started looking up, and I go, "Oh yeah, yeah. How's it going? I remember we started talking, and um, I said, Well, you know, I've got to look at the house, of course, and let me see what I can do.'" So I brought my contract of course, brought my letter of authorization, uh, talked to her more about the loan information and went over the house, checked it out. Now the roof is in pretty bad condition because uh, there's a huge hailstorm in Phoenix here. Um, and I said, well, you know, first off, you know, the house I can tell you is worth roughly $85,000. She owed 70,500, you know, so there's not a lot of equity there, right? Um, she had an agent now involved that had to get paid so he had to get paid $2,850 and then she wanted to get you know $5,000 and I was like, yeah, forget it, You know, maybe $2,000. So that's $4,850 of total cash needed but we agreed on an agreement for sale to where we're going to buy the property subject to on an agreement for sale um, and wrap, do an exact wrap of the underlying note. Now the underlying note is $70,500 at a 6% interest, a 30-year amortization with uh, payments of $566 a month. So if you don't know what an agreement for sale is, an agreement for sale is basically where the, um, you can wrap the underlying note. The note can be serviced by the title company, meaning that they'll collect payments from the buyer, and they'll send payments to the bank, right? And then everybody will get a statement every single month, uh, which is good, and I like that. Um, and the title does not transfer until the agreement is complete, meaning the underlying loan is paid off. Now, on a typical subject-to transaction, sometimes there's the there's the um, possibility. It's extremely, you know very rare that the bank will do a due on sale clause and and request the payment in full on the note. Like I said, I don't think I've ever heard it happen ever before, but you know, an agreement for sale works because if there's a default on the buyer's side, the uh, depending on how much equity they have in the property, and how much down payment they put, they could be literally um, out of the property within 45 days. If title transfers, then they would have to go through the foreclosure process depending on whatever state they're in. So I like the agreement for sale because it kind of protects the seller um, and it also protects the buyer because they get a statement every month and they know that they have to uh, be obligated to make their payments or they could be out. So. We structured an agreement for sale on this particular property um, and um, agreed to give them $2,000, $2,850 to the the attorney and uh, total cash $4,850. So that's the most important part when you're looking for an agreement for sale when a deal comes in like this um, you're looking to make sure they have a very good loan in place, a good loan meaning if she had a 12% interest rate that wouldn't work right? because the payments would be too high. On this particular one the market rents for this particular area are I would say roughly 950 or so 850 950 um, and her payments 566 so there's potential cash flow there um, for that property and it's affordable for someone who is um, you know someone who is uh, you know potentially wants to live in the property okay so um you know, so what we did was is when this particular deal came in, we give the initial offer, you know, kind of forgot about it. The autoresponder followed up with them. She called me back. We cut the deal, did the contract, opened up escrow, marketed the property, and um, got a buyer for 13000 down, okay? So we said, okay, listen, what 13000 down, you can buy the property and it's literally they're buying it at market value or whatever the listing was for, which is fine and they get payments of $566 a month, right? And out of the 13,000 down, 2850 goes to the agent, 2000 goes to her, and then the buyer's paying closing costs. So the balance left over is profit. And that balance, right, on that particular deal is $8,150. So that $8,150 goes to me for this particular deal. Now let's analyze it real quick. A lead came in first off it was essentially you know a little bit of equity maybe fifteen thousand dollars maybe i mean there were comps in there in the 70s you know what i mean so 50, maybe 15 10 to 15 thousand dollars of equity um she did have a good loan in place um she was motivated but she wasn't motivated right then she was motivated down the road um and uh and she wanted a little cash great deal Now, it would have been a better deal, obviously, if we didn't have the real estate agent involved. But hey, she had to go through that process and realize that um, you know that, uh, the, that obviously the property wouldn't sell and now she her motivation level was increased to her, for to have her accept the agreement for sale now we negotiated a five-year term meaning that that underlying note has to be paid off within that five-year term so the buyer has to pay that off within those five years and then the title would transfer and they'll take title to the property Okay, so that is exactly, that is a, um, that's an agreement for sale on, on a deal that came in. Now, um, next one, next one that comes in, we have a, another internet marketing lead. Now, this particular deal, internet marketing, um, came from actually a call-in from someone who hit the website, okay? So, um, on my squeeze page, if you go to sell house fast for cash... Um, on my particular squeeze page right there, um, I have my phone number front and center. Okay, now my phone number is front and center right there, so someone can pick up the phone and make a call. Now, it, I, I have it go to a voicemail, I don't have it ring, you know, to my phone. Um, and then I have, I'll have either someone pick up the call and, and call the sellers back, or I'll call them back myself, depending on what's going on. But um, in this particular situation, guy left a voicemail, said, Hey, I got this property, would you be interested? Um, I happened to pick up the call, pick up the uh, voicemail, call them back and said, hey, what do you got? We started talking about it. Now, I can tell you another key benefit of marketing on Google, Google AdWords, is that when other wholesalers will want to sell a house, they're going to search cash buyers Phoenix or cash buyers in your city, or we buy houses Phoenix. And what's going to happen is they're going to start looking for buyers for their wholesale deal. That's the first place they'll look for buyers. And guess who pops up? <laughs> I do. You know how many deals I've got from other wholesalers that have deals tied up that go and search on online and they find who's okay, you know, cash investors or cash buyers or cash buyers Phoenix and guess who pops up I pop up everywhere you know so so when they do that now just a caveat if you type cash buyers from your computer in your city I won't pop up and I only bid on people's IP addresses within the Maricopa County region of where I am in here in Phoenix I only bid so if you have an IP address on your computer an IP address is like the address of the computer your IP if your IP address is within Phoenix then my ads will pop up if, if your IP if you're in Alaska or if you're in Hawaii my ads won't pop up because I don't want to have you in Hawaii clicking on my ad in Phoenix which is going to cost me money so I have it uh, done inside or, or the settings set up correctly inside of Um, inside of Google AdWords, so I only pop up for IP addresses within Maricopa County, okay? Just a, just a FYI. So if you're searching in a different city and you don't see it, you're, uh, you're wondering why, that's the reason why. All right, so the guy calls in because he's another wholesaler trying to sell a property. I get the lead. Um, I go and look at the house. Get over there as fast as possible. Look at the house. um, Check it out. Now, he's parading other wholesalers, you know, other, I mean, other wholesale buyers. So, actually, there was a guy that was leaving, you know, with a big sign, big thing on a sign saying on the side of his car, side of his truck there saying, we buy houses, you know. And on my Range Rover, I don't have a big old sign that says that, you know, because, uh, you know, uh, you can do that if you want. I just have never done it. Anyways. So, I think it'd be tacky on a Range Rover, don't you think? All right. So, anyways, he um, he. Uh, so this guy's pulling out. I'm walking in. I went in. First thing I do, you know it. I made friends with the guy. I talked about what he's doing, how do he find the house, what the situation is, how long he been doing it, if he needs any help, you know, all this type of stuff. I'm building friends with the guy, building rapport. I'm telling you, that is a key component. Don't bulldoze someone and get right to the point. Build friends with them. If you build friends with them, guess what? You can, um, you'll always win the deal. <laughs> you know, it just, if for some reason, I don't get it. But anyway, so I built friends with the guy, talked to him, walked around the house. And I said, listen, bud, honestly, I said, I know these comps pretty well in this area, I pulled all the numbers. You're going to have to be around 55 for me to make the numbers work. I can stick it out at 58 or so or higher and, uh, and see if I can make the numbers work. I got a fairly large buyer's list and we can move it and he's like, well, okay, let me see what I can do. So he went back and renegotiated with the seller, um, got him down to the 55, gave me the contract for 55, and then I turned around, stuck it out in the market for 63 and sold it, you know? Uh, Good deal, right? 63,000, $8,000 profit um, on this deal because another wholesaler, and this was an easy one. It was, I mean, I was in and out of this property in seven days. The guy called on a Friday. I looked on it on a Friday afternoon. I had it in a contract over the weekend because he we had to renegotiate. I had it on the site on Monday, and I had it closed by Friday. That was a seven-day, $8,000 deal because of that one thing. You know, know, how many times that has happened to where people search for, you know, they want to get rid of property, Um, either other wholesalers are trying to flip stuff and they happen to call me up. Now, guess what? I built a relationship with a guy. This guy was excited. He made 13 grand on the deal. I made eight on the deal. This was his first deal, right? He didn't know me from a hole in a wall, performed. He's like, man, this guy is awesome, you know, loved it. Um, So guess what? Now he's calling me, called me today and said, hey, I got a deal. You know, can you help me sell it? I said, okay, give me the info, give me the numbers, let's rock and roll, you know? So I built a relationship with him, built friends with him, um, performed, made him money. He's excited. Okay? Great deal. So I sent him to the site at Flip2Freedom. Hey, I said, hey, there's a ton of free information in there. Here's my whole business, you know? Hey, if you want to work together, I've got a big buyer's list. We can do deals together. We all can make money. He's like, oh, great, thanks. You know, so uh, like I said, so if you give back and help people, and you really care, and you want to build a relationship with them, I'm telling you, it will come come to you tenfold. So this particular deal, it was worth probably about one fifteen to one twenty, um, and uh, you know, like I said, he was in higher number, so I asked him to renegotiate. He did. Got under pro- got, got the I've got the property under a contract for fifty five and turn around. And, uh, and sold it for 63 made an $8,000 profit, and he made 13 on his numbers, um, whatever his numbers was on it. And uh, he was happy. He was ecstatic. So that is an internet marketing deal that came off on that particular, off a phone call off of internet marketing. All right. That is it for the three uh, uh, case studies. Um, If you like this, let me know, because I can do more case studies and I can talk about deals that are happening. And like I said earlier, um, you know, working with people all across the country, it seems like their biggest thing is, okay, when a lead comes in, what do I do so if I can do these case studies for you so you can get a good grasp of what to do you know when leads come in and how to structure and what I say and what to do and you know and and how to put the thing together it will give you more ammunition in your toolbox or more, more tools in your toolbox, more ammunition in your gun to go, go out there and get the deal done. So that is, uh, you know, that, that's my goal. So definitely, leave me some feedback if you want um, of what other information or if you like these case studies and I can definitely uh, do them more for you. Now, let's talk about excuses, okay? Um, because everybody, now, another thing, talking to all these people across the country, you would not believe the excuses that I hear from people. Oh, my gosh. But the bottom line is this, is that, you know, and I, obviously I'm nice, I try to be nice, but I'm firm, you know, because the bottom line is is that, you know, I had a coach, you know, in high school, and he was a football's coach, and if I had excuses and stuff, you know, he would, he would set me straight. He would call me on my crap, you know, and he'd be, you know, and I'd be like, Okay, you give me a little what's called tough love, um, and that's what I do with some of these guys. I give them tough love, and you know what? Because guess what? In this business, you gotta have thick skin, like a rhino. A rhino has I don't know how many inches of you know skin, but you could shoot an arrow at them, and it will go in their skin, and it won't even they won't even feel it because their th- their uh, th- skin is so bloody thick. So, think of yourself like a rhino. You gotta have thick skin in this business, and the thing is, is that people are so new and they're so frail, and they're going, "Oh, I took twenty five calls, and I don't know," and da-da. or they have excuses about, you know, "Oh, I don't have time because my job," you know, or oh, "I don't have the money for marketing," which you know is a valid excuse. But you know what? You can write letters yourself. You can go look at vacant houses. You can do search. There's tons of stuff you can do. So guess what? If you had to do it, you'd do it. Now, I want you to listen to this. This gentleman's name is Matt Scott. And I want you to listen to his real quick interview. And uh, he was actually picked um, in a Nike commercial that I love. And it's called No Excuses. But listen to his story real quick. And then listen to the, uh, the quick Nike
1: interview here right now.
2: As one of the top athletes in his sport, Matt Scott knows all about hard work.
1: I mean, I have standards for myself that I won't, you know, I won't let fall. Oh, there it is! I went on the court and never came off. I I love the game. It's, it's so much fun. I love Will basketball. Matt
2: was born with spina bifida and has little to no strength in his
1: legs. I wasn't able to walk, but I adapted, you know what I mean? My mother was very motivating, and she never let me make any excuses for anything.
2: Not even during his toughest times when infections forced doctors to amputate his feet.
1: Hey, when the doctor told me that the, the infection got all the way down to the bone and that I was going to have to get amputated, that was, that was tough to hear. It's Just like, you know what, this is my foot, man. You can't take my foot away. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. You don't have a, a pill or, like, some, like, medicine or something. Like, you're a doctor. Do something.
2: But there was nothing to be done. So cold. As you can see, it doesn't really hold him back. He just kept living by the standard his mother set.
1: There's no difference between you and anybody else. If you want something, then go get it. Don't make, you know, cheap excuses.
2: Fitting then that Nike would pick Matt to star in a campaign titled, No Excuses.
1: I'm too weak, too slow, too big, I ate too much for breakfast, got a headache, it's raining, my dog is sick, I can't right now, I'm not inspired, makes me smell bad, I'm allergic to stuff, I'm fat, I'm thin, it's too hot, I'm not right, I've got shin splints, headache, I'm distracted, I'm exerting myself too much, I'd love to really, but I can't, I just can't, my favorite show is on, I got a case of the Mondays, the Tuesdays, the Wednesdays, I don't wanna do this, I'm gonna do something else, after New Year's, next week, I might make a mistake, I got homework, I feel bloated, I have gas, I got a hot date, my coach hates me, mom won't let me, I easily. It's too dark. It's too cold. My blister hurts. This is dangerous. Ugh, sorry, I don't have a bike. I didn't get enough sleep. My tummy hurts. It's not in my jeans. I don't wanna look all tired out. I need a better coach. I don't like getting tackled. I have a stomach ache. I'm not the athletic type. I wanna get sweaty. I have better things to do. I don't wanna slow you down. I have to do this? As Soon as I get a promotion. I think I'll sit this one out. And my feet hurt. Okay, so my question to you is this.
0: What is your excuse? What is your excuse? This guy has no feet. No feet. And he is living his life. He is playing basketball, you know, um, and he didn't let that stop him. You know, now, I don't know what your situation is. listening to this right now. And, you know, maybe you're worse off than he is or maybe you're not. I don't know. But the bottom line is, most people. Guess what? You got two eyes. You maybe got two legs. You got two arms. You got two ears. Listening to this, what's your excuse? And people look at it and go, "Well, you know, I don't have time to do my real estate business. I don't have, you know, enough money to go do leads. I don't have, you know, uh, I don't have a transportation to go to the houses." I don't have, you know, the confidence to go look, you know, to go talk to these people. You know, I, I'm, I'm new. I don't really know what I'm doing. Guys, those are excuses. And let me let me put it this way. Who is the one person that you care about and love more than anything in this world? Think of that person, visualize it, picture them in your head. Who's the one person that you would love or care about more than anything in this world? Now, I want want you to picture where someone terrible has a gun to their head, and they're saying, you've got one week to go get a deal under contract right now, go. What would you do? What would you do? Really? Would you go, "Well, I'm sorry, I don't have time. I've got to go to work." <laughs> oh, I don't have, you know, sorry, sorry, dear, honey, children, daughter, son, dog, I don't care. Whatever it is. They got a gun to their head. And the guy's going, "Listen, you got a week to get one deal under contract or I'm pulling the trigger." Now, I apologize for the graphic scene. But I want to prove a point. And the point is this. Is that if you had to, you would do it, wouldn't you? If you had to, you would do anything you would have to do to get a deal under contract and bring that contract back to that scumbag who has the gun up against your loved one's head. And you would say, I did it. And there would not be one excuse that would hold you back if you're the person I think you are. There would not be one excuse. You know what, because you're inside, man, I'm telling you, you, your blood would start boiling. You wouldn't sleep, I don't care if you're tired. You wouldn't, I don't care if you have legs or no legs. I don't care if you, you know, have car or no car. I don't care if you have means or no means. You would find a way to go out there and talk to whoever you had to talk to, whenever you had to talk to them to get that deal under contract, and you would have a contract by the end of the seven days, if not sooner. I know it. That's motivation. The motivation is this, is when you have to do it, You do it. So, what's it going to take for you to get that have to? Is it going to take, see, my wife always says, you know, when the straw breaks the camel's back, you never know when that is going to happen, right? It might be your boss just drives you nuts. Something happens, you know, at work. Or you're just, you're just, just completely had it and you got to just do it. But let me put something in a little bit more perspective for you. The road that you are on right now, I want you to follow that road a year down the path, you know, a year down the road three years down the road, five years down the road, whatever. And if you are on the road where you want to be and have the freedom to wake up and do whatever you want to do with whoever you want to do it. If you want to play golf today, let's play golf. If you want to go to the beach today, let's go to the beach. If you want to go to Hawaii right now, let's get on a plane and go. Money's not an object. Time's not an object. Let's go. Just arrange a couple things, you know, with, you know, doing deals or whatever, and hey, if you got a good team behind you, you can go, go ahead. But if you are on the path where you wanna go, then continue going that way. But I bet you are not on the path that where you wanna go, so you got to go, hey, you know what? I've got to stop spending the time and energy and commitment. Yes, you have obligations. You've got things to do. You've got to, you have to, you know, do your job and you have to, you know, do that. But don't continue making excuses for a, a path that you're on that's bringing in not where you want to go. Instead, find a way to find the time, find the way to find the resources, find the way to find a way to go on that next path, the other path. You're at a fork in a road right now. It's time to make a decision. Where do you want to go? Five years from now, you're going to be somewhere. And the decision you make today is going to determine where you are five years from now. So it's decision time. Where do you want to be? Until next week, I wish you ultimate success in your real estate investing career. And if you'd like more, go to flip2freedom.com flip and download my free 129-page comp- comprehensive blueprint. And maybe that will help you make your decision. Because listen, guys, it's not rocket science. Anybody can build a buyer's list. Anybody can find motivated sellers in this market. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's not rocket science. You can do this. Believe me, if I can do this, I don't have a college education. I used to be a Marine. I'm not the tarp- sharpest tool in the shed. Pursuing the, not at all. <laughs> I know you can do this so when you have to reaches that point when you're like you know what I'm sick of listening to this podcast and not doing anything I'm sick of driving to work and commuting every single day and listening to this guy tell me how he can do it and other people are doing it and da 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 and you get mad enough and you find the have to and now and guess what? You're gonna go out and do it. You know what, there? I'm gonna be sitting there and I'm gonna be praising you on when you get your first deal. Send me your video. I want your video. And tell me your story. Because it's worth it. Whether it be real estate or whether it be whatever other venture you wanna do, find a way. Decision time. You're at the fork in the road, which way you wanna go. Five years from now, is a result from the decision you make today. So the question I ask you is, where do you wanna be five years from now? If the path you're on is gonna get you there, stay to it and work hard. If it's not, then make a decision to go the other way. Take care and God bless.